Um, so I think, I think we should also discuss why you and I are not running for Congress. Well, I have a very clear answer for that because I'm not crazy, or at least <laughs> that kind of crazy. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to episode 134, 134 episodes of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a group brew in hand. Today we welcome special guest Brian Burkhoff. Founder of Pub Theology, pastor of Holland UCC, and a U.S. congressional candidate for the Michigan Second. And that may explain why he's a guest today. <laughs> but we'll talk. We, I thought it's because we kicked him off the show. And we did not kick him off the show. Um, more on that later. Welcome, Brian, to your own show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. It's like you never left. Uh, you can show your love for Pope Theology Live. Become a supporter on Patreon. We got levels started at just a mere $2. Can't even buy a cup of coffee for $2. A month as that. Go to full pint, grubber level. You can do all kinds of stuff, different levels. Check it out. Patreon.com slash PT Live. Special thanks to all our guests who continue to uh, support us in that way. And you can also join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials using the hashtag PT Live. Follow at the Pub Theology on those platforms and check out some video clips um, on IGTV and uh, Facebook. And do all the things. Just do all the things. Do all the, just do all the social things. <laughs> you, know, you know what they are. Excellent. Today, on today's episode, we discuss Summer's End. Um, and why in the world Brian might run for Congress <laughs> and reflect on the importance of pub theology. And there may be a little bit about what's coming this season, this year. Um, so you should also discuss why you and I are not running for Congress. Well, I have a very clear answer for that because I'm not crazy, or at least that kind of crazy. <laughs> there you go. So what are we drinking today? Ogan, why don't we start with your very exciting drink that you have for us? Uh I got nature's best beverage, good old H2O water. Um, <laughs> I'm currently not in my house. I'm in Virginia Beach. I'm in Chesapeake, Virginia, actually. I'm here for a week of guest teaching and guest speaking. And in true Ogun form, I sort of double booked myself. Uh, what? And, said, and said, let's start pop theology on... Yeah, he said, let's start Pup Theology on a day that he couldn't do it right. right. And he just yep. throws up because he he's at a up. church. Yeah. And we all know how great church Wi-Fi is. Right. So, anyway, Brian, what are you drinking? Yeah, so I am drinking uh, Farmhand Farmhouse Ale from Brewery Vivant, uh, brewed right here in West Michigan in Grand Rapids. In the second district? I, it's, I'm not sure. It might actually be in the third district, oh. but uh, it's close. 
surprised the map behind you hasn't changed yet to all the districts. I do have a nice district map. I bet. Sounded very Hunger Games-ish. Yeah, well. So I um, am drinking a Union Craft Brewing uh, Fest beer, an Oktoberfest lager. Um, even though I kind of, I have a no pumpkin beer before the actual official start of fall, which isn't until the weekend. Um, I, I will drink Oktoberfest as soon as it comes out. So a little, a little fest beer for me. Fair enough. And cheers. Cheers. Brewed right cheers. here in the great state of Maryland. And to apologies, Maryland. And apologies in advance for when I drop out because I have a strong Wi-Fi signal, but it just keeps wanting to reset itself every couple of minutes. I don't know what that's. Well, about. we like, like we said, while you were gone, we all know how great church Wi-Fi is. So we all, you know, it's fantastic. Mm. Where is that? So the question of the day, this is actually one of my favorites that I pulled out. Um, oh. I know, right? Would you rather trade intelligence for looks or looks for intelligence? Why can't we broker a deal where we have both? I mean. Well, and that's why God made you, Ogan. Hey, yeah, Ogan's like. What? <laughs> the one that has both. Why, why, what kind of weird Sophie's choice is this? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But to answer it, I will always choose intelligence over looks. Intelligence over looks. You go further, and you know what? Intelligence is the new sexy. So you can make intelligence work to get the things looks would have. So intelligence all the way. Yeah, you know, uh, considering my new venture here, that's that's. Uh, you'd think it would be easy, but uh, for better or worse. Uh, Appearance counts for something, but right. I think competence counts for more. But unfortunately, image does count for a lot uh, in these sorts of things. Uh, and I probably spend more time worrying about uh, my hair than I should. But I think <laughs> I would always lean towards uh, intelligence uh, over looks. You mean more than usual? <laughs> well, the debate has been, should I cut my hair and shave? Because... Oh, God. Not many politicians have beards and not many have hair this long. So. Oh, there's actually like studies on this and stuff, isn't there? I know. So it's not just, not yeah. just my opinion. It's No, there's like, there's like data that I'm says a, that. I'm a fan of standing out. So if the hair and the beard are different from everyone else, you stand out. So I think there's an element here of like um, beauty is relative if you will. So uh, as we're talking about, you know, there are some standards for politicians and, you know, look and whatever, but right. when it comes for to things like love and friendship, you know, like what each person finds attractive is very different. That's right. And so that, that's to me that like, that's part of the interesting, like, would I trade, would I want to be more like, the standard of beauty, like so thinner, taller, you know, whatever it is. And yet to me, like that's also changed over time, you know, that, yep. that it, that is fleeting in a lot of ways. Looks are fleeting in so many ways. <laughs> time marches right across my face and teaches me ah. that every day. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, and, and intelligence is something that builds communities it doesn't just affect one i mean you can keep it to yourself i guess but what's the fun in that right like right you you know the the point is to share it and i, I don't know so obviously i think we're all going with intelligence it's just on the one hand like people there are studies on this right 
people that are more beautiful are seen as more trustworthy, which for some reason. And, and they get more stuff too. Like there's, <laughs> there's some, like there's some advantage to it. And so, and there are people, I, I don't know. There are people that don't care about knowledge and. I think I would be, I would choose intelli more intelligence more in like the first half of my life and then looks more in the second half of my life. <laughs> wow, really? Hmm. Yes, yes, really. I feel really. like the reverse is often though the way it goes though. <laughs> well, it does. That is often the way it goes. But, but I figure, yeah. I figure, you know, the first half, it'll, it'll get me, the intelligence will get me better places and yeah. to do better things and create better things. The second half of my life, when old age starts to kick in, you know, I want to be like this decrepit piece of leather. <laughs> I want to, I want to, you know, I want to, want to be all like. Sean so when your career is done and people aren't looking to you for such constant yes. founts of knowledge, right? Yes. Then you want to be able to rely on your looks to keep you going. That's what I'm hitting the runway, baby. Okay. Yes. He wants so to that, stroll through the rest home and have a lot of heads turned. Exactly. Like he exactly. wants he wants to still be the center exactly. of attention when he doesn't have a hundred people staring at him on Sunday morning, you know, listening to his every I hear it. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. So, See, that's why I married somebody who looked really good. So that way, you know, I still get the attention via him. <laughs> He's arm candy. So I will, I will say that uh, early on, you know, I am someone who feels, who doesn't like to feel competent about something. And when you're running for a national office like Congress, suddenly you realize, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff I got to get up to speed on mm -hmm. in a hurry. So I'll take all the intelligence I can get. Right <laughs> What's your position on light bulbs? No, don't answer that. No, don't, don't, no. <laughs> LEDs? No, I don't know. What are we? Do we go back to candles now? What's we the can talk here? tariffs. We could talk trade. Economy. Oh, <laughs> Let's not. I really don't. I want to know how your summer was. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about any of those things. Mm -hmm. So um, well, we want to hear from you, Shannon, well, because our listeners say, have yeah. heard from me and Ogan more recently than you. Well, yeah, that's part you, of the reason why I threw this in there to talk about our summers, because you know you've heard so much about the buildup to my sabbatical and exactly. Tell um, us a little. So I've been back at work for a month, and I have to say that I forget how exhausting ministry is. Um, like, I, I, I definitely, you know, I, I said this to my congregation, right? Sabbatical was absolutely everything it needed to be and wanted to be and it's not like this month has undone any of that but it just reminded me like i'm so tired i'm so tired um i did amazing things um i mean we went to greece and we took the kids on a disney cruise and derek and i went to the newport jazz festival which was unbelievable um just unbelievable um, but I also like, I slept a whole lot. And so I got down to one cup of coffee a day, which was like unheard of for me. Glory be. Unheard of. Like I'm at one cup of coffee. Last week I had two cups, two different days. And I was like, no, I can't. Cause I was just keeping the coffee going to like mask the tired. Yes. And, and I'm like determined to not do that anymore, you know? So Brian, Brian, between you and me, what's the over, <laughs> what's the over under on her getting back to two cups? How many, how many weeks again? Oh, I was at five before cups. I left. Five cups oh, of coffee. Five, okay. five cups of coffee okay. a day. 
<laughs> but you know, I'm going to give you a little credit. I'm going to, that's a three over under three. I'm giving you, I'm giving you another four weeks before you're back up to three cups a day. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think at the latest. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling, <laughs> but I'm, I'm determined. So a lot of the time, my downtime, um, I really, you know, I thought I was going to get all these home projects done and like, no. I no, I like, I laid around for four months. Like I was so tired. I still am. And I, I'm just trying to figure out what all that means and says. And, and I know that the wiser ones have like done the research on why ministers are so tired, why this work itself is so tiring. But, you know, right now I just got to figure out how to live my life and deal with it. <laughs> so, but um, we have become ambassadors for Greece. Like start saving your money right now figure out a way to go. It is, it is genuine. Like I cried at just how beautiful it was. I, I just can't describe. I, I genuinely had a, like, a, a, like a transformative experience at just looking at the scenery. It was a revelation. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. and we, you know, I love it. We were in Athens and we're doing all these things and I kept feeling all guilty because, you know, I'm like, oh, we should go to all the, like, we should run over to Corinth or we should do all these things or whatever. And right, right. Derek was like, Shannon, um, you know, Paul came to Athens and gave his sermon and the philosophers and him argued and blah, blah, blah. And, and what did he do? He was like, oh, I think we should go to these islands over here and give them the word. You know, he was like, he took a vacation. Why don't you take a vacation? I was like, Okay, yeah, I'll take a vacation. <laughs> and then I laid on a beach for a day and it was great. <laughs> well, the photos were awesome. Mm. I mean, I, and I know and I know photos don't do justice, but we got right. a glimpse. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. A lot of people were like, "Yeah, I had to block you for a little while." I was like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, it was great. Anything That's exciting awesome. happen, you know, besides the big decision of 2019? Uh, so I'll go briefly and then we'll get Ogan's uh, summer. Um, so we did a little family vacation out West, which was very nice. Got Ooh, to go fun. hiking uh, in Utah and Arizona, New Mexico. And that was really nice to just have some family time before all the chaos. And we knew that once we got back, I'd have one week to prepare for a launch for Congress. So, mm. um, and probably no vacation until after next November. So uh, we enjoyed that. It was great. And then, uh, yeah. So when exactly the decision was made is a great question. And I'm not sure I can even remember, <laughs> but uh, I did chat with Ogan at some point, I think before our last episode that I was considering the option uh, that was mm -hmm. probably in early June. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I talked to a lot of different folks, prayed a lot about it, but this is more getting into that stuff. We can talk about that later. Um, and then Wild Goose was great, had a lot of fun, but it wasn't the same without you guys. So, you know, people were disappointed. We didn't have the full crew at the show. We'll be there uh, next but year. But Jackie Lewis, uh, Jackie was oh, a great fill-in, and we speak had a... You. Speak for yourself. We had I'll be there amazing, next year. <laughs> yes. We had a great episode, despite your absence, both of your absences, um, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, I hear you. And, uh, Ogan, what'd you, you know, do? That's Ogan it. took, we need to mark the occasion. Ogan took joy to college. I know. And he's frozen again. Poor Ogan. He frozen took, like that in time. He's got an empty nest. 
Yeah, which almost I mean, came up to the, see me, but of course, uh, you know, it didn't you know, quite the work. Schedule. My schedule. So what was that know? like, Ogan? Taking the taking the only kid far, far away. So my wife, I might just now say, so I didn't hear the question. Uh, how was it taking Joy to college? Oh, it was it was great. Um, we we had a good time with the actual trip. Uh, we did a quick stop by Niagara Falls on the way from Boston to Chicago. Um, the drop off went seamlessly. Um, we stopped at two friends along the way. People keep asking me how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm like she didn't die. She just went to college. I right. Took a breath. <laughs> God, um, I'm doing great. Um, I uh, I'm very happy, proud of her. Um, she got her into college. She's doing the thing she loves. We, I, I, I got her to 18. She, her birthday is actually this weekend. She's turning 19 this weekend. She's oh. here. So I said, but we got you into college. I got you into this age of legal adulthood, and you've not, you've not, you've not had any criminal issues. You've not had any drug issues. You've not been pregnant. Like I'm. So, I call it a win. I, well I done. I'm, and I'm now switching into. Uh, parental advisory committee uh uh sorry a parental <laughs> advisory role yeah and and i don't have to be actively mentally responsible for your well-being really on a day-to-day basis at all so like i'm 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 so happy to be in this place in my life right now <laughs> and when people were talking about you know uh few years ago when they were saying oh you're young you can start your family again and you can have more kids i'm like are you all losing your mind <laughs> like it's like three years away from college hell no i'm stuck right for family yeah Jamie. right no 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 no, no. we're yeah. all good so mm-hmm. so yeah so that that happened and um and she's uh you know in true in in true still child form when i told her i was coming to this church to do this guest thing she's like oh can i come and Harry was thinking the child missed me and wanted to come see me and enjoy it. Oh, no, no, no. She's got really good friends here. She just wants to come see her friends. <laughs> it, nothing, nothing to do with me at all. You might have to take what you can get, uh, motivation right. aside. Right. It, it, it's, all, it's all good. I wasn't, I wasn't any other delusions either. I thought mm-hmm. it strange to begin with. Um, but the other big thing I did this summer uh, in, um, was to go to my home country of Barbados. Oh, and, right. Um, they um, were having their second annual pride parade and That's they right. invited me to come and uh, f- um, and host facilitate create the first church service that we know of on the island that was intentionally open to everyone wow people who that's amazing gay, gay, trans it was it was a huge deal now not a lot of people turned up and of the people who turned up they turned up uh, intentionally to be because I said they, we'd have some Q&A afterwards. So they came up intentionally to, uh, to be in opposition to what was happening. To grill you. Uh, to, to grill me a little bit, yeah. Um, and, you know, videos are posted about it. But it was, it, was, it was a phenomenal experience. And, you know, I said to folks, the, 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 the biggest thing for me was to go there and not be afraid, to go there and not, and, and be totally clear about who I am, you know, mm-hmm. coming from a place that where uh, technically being gay is still illegal. And when I say that, what I mean is the actual law is if you are actually caught in a homosexual act, you can be arrested. Um, 
same-sex marriage is not legal there and yeah. it's not a rule that you know people aren't going out hunting for folks who are gay and arresting them but there's there's still fear just but the, right ex- yeah exactly exactly and the strongest opposition to legalizing anything is coming from the scripture the church and the scripture yep. not yeah. all church the anglican church is actually fairly either neutral or pro about this even if they're not um being very visible uh so um so yeah so it was so there were there were a lot of allies i was surprised by how many allies there were there uh turning out in the parade and online being supportive and you know my invitation was for the allies to you know come out come out of the shadows you know more and more of the lgbt community are coming out of the closet and being a voice for themselves and for equality the allies also need to come out of their own hiding yes. places and exactly and supportive right so well done that's, that's a lot of the way the conversation takes place and thank you exactly you know to be able to stand up and say i disagree is exactly important yeah. yes so, so those those are my two big summer 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 things, um, and a little bit of vacation time rolled in somewhere in between there as well. And yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, speaking of scripture being used, um, there's not a lot in scripture about. Um, actually, there's nothing about running for office because you know they didn't really do that back in the day, <laughs> but. First Timothy 2, 1 and 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. So, Brian, <laughs> I feel like we should have a spotlight. Like... So, why are you running for office? Let's talk about that. That's a terrific question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think I think in conversations we've all had together on the show, you know, there's a sense that what's happening uh, in this country right now politically feels in some ways unprecedented in terms of the model of leadership that we're being given, the personal conduct the kinds of policies that are being implemented, the language that's being used to implement such policies uh, that's often rooted in fear-based rhetoric uh, and uh, subtle or overt racism. Um, certain groups are, are feeling uh, unsafe and unwelcome. And I think we increasingly have an economic system that's not supporting average and middle-class families, let alone people struggling in poverty. It's more and more geared toward helping those who are already doing very well do even better. And, you know, I have four kids. I'm a dad. And so they're seeing certain models of political leadership right now that are concerning to me. And and frankly, in, in many cases, I'm embarrassed at what they're seeing as examples of political leadership. And so... I think they deserve to see better people of uh, character, people with uh, a moral foundation and courage running for office and representing uh, the people in various levels of leadership. So there's that. And then also many of the things we see happening uh, politically are not lending themselves toward a better future for my kids and my children's children down the road and future generations. When we look at 
economic realities, as I mentioned, when we look at how we're treating our natural environment, you know, and how we're not taking action uh, on climate and how we're not being proactive about gun violence. And, you know, all of us here are parents. And when we look at what's happening in schools uh, and in public places, uh, you know, we begin to wonder, are any of us safe? And can any of us take for granted that a trip to the shopping center or going to a movie or dropping our kids off at school is going to end well? It's becoming less clear that that's the case. And what is that doing to our children as they think just, you know, as they enter into those spaces? And I got to think they're getting sort of secondhand trauma just from what they're seeing in the news and seeing going on. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, but I think the long and short is that it just feels like we're in times that are calling us to speak up, stand up and act in ways that maybe we wouldn't if things were going better for everyone, but they're not. So, so, I mean, you are the pastor of a church and you've always been vocal about these things. So you've kind of had a visible platform and, through this show as well. So you, so you were kind of already being the voice for all of that. Why, why yeah. take this to the next level? What, what was, what was the, what was that moment that you said, not so much what I'm currently doing is not enough, but I want to actually now jump into the fray in, in a system that, you know, takes a lot out of you. I mean, like yeah. being a, being a, we're all pastors here. We, we know that job takes a lot out of us. Now, now you want to pile on <laughs> with, with this, like, what do you, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question, Ogan. And, and as even as Shannon's already mentioned, you know, ministry takes a lot of energy and it's very public and you're, you're constantly in a position of, of serving people, of being the, the very visible part of an organization and, People have a lot of expectations on you. So I certainly have experience with that. Uh, but as you said, this sort of ups it uh, a number of notches. And, you know, it wasn't that what I wasn't doing, that what I have been doing wasn't enough. And in fact, in a number of ways, when I was asked to consider this, I had this sinking feeling immediately that, oh no, this might actually happen. <laughs> like my initial, my initial gut response was, you have to be kidding me. Who else do you have who could right. do this? It's right. certainly, you're not- How low you know, on the list did you have to go? <laughs> yes, like how can, how, why is it me? Like, come right. on, like we've got all- So it was lunch. a very like Jeremiah call process like i am but a boy leave me alone <laughs> yeah i mean honestly I, and you know we had somebody who ran an excellent campaign last cycle in 2018 as a democrat and he actually moved the needle more for a democrat than any other congressional district in the u.s last time happened in wow. this district uh, which has been historically republican but he ran an excellent campaign and really moved the needle so my thought was well why wouldn't he run again and i'm happy to support him again Right, And so when I found out he wasn't running, that's kind of what prompted people to approach uh, me to consider it. And they actually approached uh, my wife as well. And she immediately said, tag, you're it, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so, you know, certainly wasn't something I sought out. Wasn't something I jumped into quickly, knowing that this is very public. It's going to take a toll on my family, on my personal 
life. My privacy is going to go out the window. It's, and it's going to have an impact on my church community, which I was really concerned about because my church isn't even three years old. Right. You know, and so what is this going to throw into that system? And, and can my church not only withstand it, but continue to grow and thrive as we have been? And so that was a, a real concern. So I certainly talked to other pastors across the country who run for office, talked to my church leadership team. Um, and they kind of sat on it and prayed with me through it. And, and in the end, they were unanimously supportive of me running. My wife and kids were supportive of me running. And so those are the things that I felt like laid the groundwork for me to say, yeah, I can do this. And, and, and I waited a little while thinking, well, maybe somebody else will step up if I wait <laughs> long enough. But it began to be clear that no one was stepping up who, who was willing to do it and present a viable challenge to the status quo. And I feel like the status quo right now in this district needs to be challenged. And so, and I, uh, so uh, it's just us. So you can admit this. Christy probably said no, because she knows what happens when she leaves the kids home with you. She <laughs> After she like, was gone for three months. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. We, we had not, a little test not, run on that. Yeah, we're not doing this again. I value the lives of the kids more. You run from <laughs> something like that. Well, and I, 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 I don't say this I genuinely appreciate your answer. So I don't say this to diminish any of that, but I, I feel like for you, with you, um, you know, there's, there's always that Esther moment of things to a call process of the next phase possibly. Um, And, and what that might bring, who knows at this point, right? We never know where it's going to lead, but what, I mean, what specifically about your theology, about your beliefs, about your faith brought like, where is that in um, this time and place of this government? Of I mean, I, I yeah. heard it in the opening, right? Um, yeah. Standing up for the you know widow, the orphan, the stranger. But like, where do you when you lay down at night? You know, where is that? Where is God in the process of running for office, if you will? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it it did feel like one of those. It began to feel like a call, which is why I couldn't let it go. You know, in the end, I began to feel like there's a lot at stake here and, and, you know, people's lives are being impacted with the current policies that are being implemented and supported and voted yes on by our current representative. And, you know, it's, and so, you know, as it, as I prayed about it, as I slept on it, just began to feel this, this unavoidable pull from from God, the Holy Spirit, from my own sense of moral grounding, that's, you know, this, this is on you, Brian, to do this. And you could say no, but how would you feel if you said no? And I think that was a part of it. And, um, and feeling enough positivity from friends that I confided in that I was considering. And there was a lot of affirmation. And Brian, you have a way to bring people together around a shared vision of change. And, you know, I mean, honestly, this is one of those things, you know, where you feel that sort of uh, imposter syndrome. And so mm-hmm. my immediate thought was, well, what in the world? Who am I to do this? You know, right. like I've been a pastor. I'm not a not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional expert. All those things like how could I do this? But yet, you know, I am fairly involved in a number of issues that I care about and issues that are congressmen and women and senators vote on and and that we're all in you know as many mm-hmm. of us are right we're versed in the issues that matter now does that need to ramp up of course you know but i'm not you know i'm not coming out of left field here you know i'm i'm going to be active on issues that i'm already uh 
somewhat familiar with, quite familiar with in some cases, the kind of legislation uh, that's on the table, that's being considered, in some cases being voted on, in other cases we wish was being voted on. So there was definitely a almost a Jonah-like moment where I wanted to run in the opposite direction, but I felt like God's hand was going to pull me back, and so I better just you know get on board right. and join. <laughs> and also realizing this isn't about me in the end, right? It's about... Mm-hmm. It's about all of us here claiming a better vision of how we can be as a community and how our political system can work for us and not against us. And that's all about bringing people together in a team, in a coalition effort. And I'm just one piece of that, uh, certainly a representative, uh, visible part. But it's all about bringing everybody in together to say, we deserve better. We need better. We're standing up for what we believe in. We're standing up for justice. We're standing up for those who can't stand up. And so that helped when I realized this is really building on what's gone before and people who have run. Other people are already working hard in our communities for all the good things we want. And I'm just going to be one more piece of that. Um, I don't I don't know if this is related or not, but it is the best dress that you've appeared for uh, our broadcast on the show. So <laughs> So there's that at least. Um, I'm sure he dressed but, up just for us, really. I mean, he's kind of, he's his his public appearances have really kicked up a notch since he <laughs> since he's and he's taking this on. So you know, good on you for that. Yeah, I've had uh, to put the t-shirts in a in a in a drawer for for later. Maybe uh, you know, not, you know Justin Trudeau pulls but, it off. But, I think you he know, can pull it off. I was yeah. gonna say, don't 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 entirely lose who you are, but. <laughs> But I'm, I, I think this is the epitome of working your faith. This is the epitome of putting your money where your mouth is. This is yeah. the epitome of being all the things we talk about as progressive spiritual leaders and putting it into action. I, I, I love it's becoming more and more. Um, well, while he's paused, I just want to jump in on that. And that, that's something else I was going to say is that we have a current representative who's who's a Christian and, and from the Holland Zealand area where I live now. And and yet he's represented a kind of Christianity that for too long has claimed sole ownership of the right. Christian faith in the political sphere. And so I think there's a real invitation uh, here. And I think I'm not the only one in across the country um, in democratic circles who's saying, no, there's another way to be Christian, to be a person of faith that's broader, that's more inclusive, and that's taking the teachings of Jesus seriously about neighbor, about the poor, about peace instead of violence, that we're not seeing represented currently by our current political leaders, many who are claiming the Christian faith. So I don't want our current political leaders on the right to say they are the sole owners of Christianity because they right. aren't. Well, and I was going to say, I, I think since I've been alive, the conversation around politicians has been moral we need morality and moral leaders. And, you know, I, I genuinely feel that that is just crumbling below our feet. Right. And, and I, th- I understand that that has always maybe been a case, right? Of, you know, I mean, Caesar wasn't exactly the most honorable and moral man ever, you know, it, but yeah. <laughs> that's always been a piece of it. We are human. We are fallible. It's just, I agree, right? It, but we use those words of morality and even it's a certain kind of Christian and a certain kind of morality and one that bends at a will of the party. And that's 
you know, at least yeah. for me and what I can speak for is that I'm not, I'm not interested in that kind of morality. That, right. That's not even the definition of the word, in my opinion. Right. Um, and, you know, I grew up here in West Michigan uh, as a conservative Christian as, and was learned to be a Republican voter because that, you know, was representative of the values I was taught. But I was taught in that context that honesty was critically important. I was taught yes. that fidelity to one's family was critically important. I was taught that loving my neighbor, regardless of where they were from or what language they spoke, uh, mattered. And we're seeing none of that represented by those who claim those values still as Republicans. And so even the right. Republican Party, as it stood, you know, 30, 40 years ago as I was growing up, is not what we're seeing today, and yet our current Republican leaders aren't speaking out against it and aren't modeling uh, a better way. And so there's a real lack, I think, of moral courage right now, even from within their own value system, some of which I share and some of which I hold at a slightly different angle, always with the aim of being more inclusive, who's being left out, especially those who are being harmed the most. Well, and I think that's that's part of it, right, is it's not a perfection morality that mistakes are made. You know, you may be divorced and it may be for reasons of infidelity, right? And yet there's responsibility taken and there's yes. understanding being made and there's reconciliation that's possible, right? Yes. It's not yeah. it's not the black and white of this is good and that is bad. Right. It's it there I mean there are a few of those in my opinion, right? Like Yes. There are a few good things and bad things in the world and never the two shall meet, but so much of the lack of gray area right now is I think what we're seeing. Um, well, that, that's right. That's right. And thanks for, for expanding that as you did. And, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, the things we're seeing are, are not, not apologized for at all, whether right. it's, you know, paying off porn stars to cover up affairs that we're having while our current wife is pregnant uh, so that we can, you know, have political advantage. Like that is egregious. And how can you ever right. not speak out against that and claim some sort of family values space? You cannot, not with any integrity that I'm aware of. And how right. can you tear apart children from their mothers when they're simply seeking a safe space in which to live because their countries are torn apart by violence and drugs and things that often our country is at a hand in destabilizing. And your response is to criminalize those people and force children to live in unbelievably awful settings apart from their parents. I mean, right. Oh. Right. And then to go home to go and then to speak out and claim, say, tear those children and mothers apart and claim these immigration while all the while you're bringing your wife's parents in under the, you know, guise of current, you know, technically legal things and right. marrying someone. That's we have a first lady standards. who can double standards are excellent, right? Let's not point fingers, but double standards, you know, but, but this is that, you know, where are our priorities? What is, what does morality and faith really look like? Does it, does it look like throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Right. No, right. right? But it does look like un creating an understanding and then saying, I'm not okay um, with, that's that's a step too far. I think it's okay to have limits and say that's, that's too much for me, you know. Um, right. But I also, I also want us to, I mean, I think, if it weren't such a problematic phrase, I would love for us to get back to a sense of morality in this country 
I just differ on what their opinion is on what that morality is, you know? Yeah. But that's what you're, and I appreciate that, right? That's what you're saying. Let me lend that voice to that. You know, let me, let me say that out loud in an arena, in a political arena, you know? Right. Right. Let's speak with some moral clarity and courage uh, in ways that I think common understandings of those words are agreed upon across party lines. Right. And so I hear a lot of people say like, oh, well, Jesus wasn't political and pastors shouldn't be political and we shouldn't be political, you know, Mm. and and. I often wonder, I, I don't know that Jesus would run for office, right? This isn't a like, what would Jesus do in this situation? Yep. And, but maybe, maybe, who knows? But um, I don't think Jesus ever imagined American capitalism the way that it is today or right. democracy either. Um, but I, I think that we do forget, you know, we reference this every year of, of um, Palm Sunday when Jesus comes down in the parade. You know, this is, this is a political day while a political rally is happening and he is doing a counter protest. Yeah. So it, it, Jesus was not without. He was not, not political. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and again, his system was much different than ours. It was. And yeah. I, I think we I like. I wonder to if Ogan has a comment while he's still oh. with us before he jumps off. Well, Good idea. I was, I, I was, all I was going to say was before I jumped off, I am, I'm thrilled that you're doing this. Um, you know, when you first uh, shared with me the possibility of doing this, you know, I was 100% behind it. Um, so you continue to have my support. You even have a few of my dollars now. Um, if, um, do, we, do we get a refund if you're not elected? I don't know how this <laughs> Is that how it works? works. I'm not, no, I'm that not is not that. how it works. I, hey, I, might, hey. I might be in trouble if that's how it works. <laughs> Can you do one of them Andrew Yang things, you know, where he's like offering to give families a thousand dollars from his Yeah, campaign. the freedom dividend. The free, right. yeah, you know, he's, you know, you don't My question is, are you going to release your tax returns? That's the question, right? The, oh, the, well, yeah, I think I have to file them as uh, part of my running. Yeah. There you there, go. There, there, there you go. I'll sell for $100 a month if you can do the whole $1,000. But in all serious, uh, I, am, I, am, I am very proud of your decision to do this. Um, I do believe we need more of this in our political discourse. Um, as I referred to earlier, I'm really glad to see people like, like you, even, you know, even in our, the presidential candidates uh, right now by mm-hmm. Ann Williamson, Pete Buttigieg, people who are saying, you know, there's a, as you guys, we were saying earlier, there's a, there's a face to faith that allows us to include everyone. Um, and, yeah. and, and we, we no longer get to just keep being that voice from the sidelines, we get to be that voice that helps make the choices as well. So, um, so good luck on the uh, campaign. Don't hesitate to stop in and visit us every once in a while when you hit when you get back to when you get that office in DC. You know, um, uh, right? You'll be right down forget, the road. Don't forget us. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget. This is this is where you got your start, and these are the people. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, don't 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 forget us. There'll be no forgetting. And, oh my and, goodness! And, um, and take take our meetings when we're in town. Okay. Get on your schedule. We're going to be real good friends with your secretary. I roll into DC and it's like, I need a meeting with Congressman uh, Berghoff. No, he's not seeing you. Ah, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. (laughs) We'll definitely do an episode from my new, my new office. uh, Yay! You know? (laughs) All right. Well, you know, it's, you've said it and we've recorded it. So (laughs) there you go. You can't can't go back now. It's on paper. The listeners will demand it. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to clip this and play it from a loudspeaker outside your office when you refuse to see me. We will definitely do a recording from my new office. <laughs> there exactly. you go. All right, my friend, be well. And any way I can help support you on this campaign, furthermore, you let me know. Hey, thanks, Ogan. Right. Be well. All right. Uh, and see for later. listeners, you'll see Ogan next week or hear him next week. Um, with so a let better me, connection and for With a better show. connection. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on. Ogan and I had a long discussion, and of course, we want to continue um, Pub Theology Live, and so we are going to do that. We are going to hold Brian's place just in case. We're not hoping for that, but you know, as much as we want you to come back to us, we also want you to win. So there's a little bit of a catch twenty-two. We're we're yeah. just God's will be done, right? That's that's very what we're yes. God's yes. will be my, done. My my. Uh parishioners feel the same right exactly like god's will be done but um we so we wanted to give you um a show that was true to the thought behind it so brian maybe you can throw out like what was the thought behind pub theology behind the show um when you first started yeah so you know i was uh in my first church when I first heard about the idea of meeting at a bar or brewery for conversation with people of varying beliefs. And I, I think, um, you know, that was a new church start setting. And so trying to think about how are we engaging our community uh, in different ways and how are we making the faith conversation accessible for people and realizing that for a lot of people expecting them to show up at church expected too much for many people, right? That for a number of folks, for whatever reason, my church was not going to be their next step in their spiritual journey or their personal journey. And realizing that made us think, how can we make ourselves available and conversation about important issues available and accessible to people in a non-confrontational, familiar environment? So when I read about people uh, meeting at bars and pubs and breweries to talk about issues of faith where anyone was welcome and there was no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. That just resonated deeply with me. And I thought immediately, I need to do this. My community needs to do this. And that was back in uh, 2008. Uh, so it'll this fall will be 11 years since I've been doing pub theology discussions yeah. and conversations. And that's hard to believe. But um, I can always remember because it's my first pub theology <laughs> was the first uh, was the night my daughter Josephine was born. So I can't forget. Yeah. So she'll be 11 uh, next month. You know, but from the early conversations through now, I it just has continued to hold true that when we bring people together of varying beliefs, religious systems, uh, political uh, ideologies mm-hmm. together in the same physical space, and we sit at the table, we share a good beverage, whether that's a locally crafted beer, a Diet Coke, an ice right. water, a gin and tonic, you know, that almost doesn't matter. It's more the intention to sit down with, with goodwill and respect and to talk about issues that matter to us, issues of identity, faith, meaning, uh, how we get along better as human beings. Uh, and I found that even when we have a lot of differences, we can often push beneath those differences and find common ground, common areas of value and of things we want to see happen to our families, to our neighborhoods, to our world. And if we can find that common ground, I believe we can find solutions to do better 
together. And I think that's something sorely, you know, that was needed 10 years ago. It's still needed now because I think we're divided uh, in so many ways right now along religious and political lines that it's hard, increasingly hard to have these conversations. And so I think pub theology is, is as relevant today as it has ever been. And that, right. that's why I think we see more groups popping up across the country and the world because people are realizing we do need to have these conversations and it shouldn't be contained primarily within the church walls or the synagogue walls or, you know, the mosque walls. We need to get out and we need to talk right. to each other. Absolutely. So, and, and again, I, I feel like the podcast brings that to another level, right? So now yeah. you can, we, we want you to go out and have the conversations. We also want you to be able to, um, listen to a conversation exactly. of that if that's available to you. So we, we made it. Um, so Ogan and I decided that we, um, we didn't want to replace you quite yet. Yeah. Um, so we decided on a list of rotating guests Great. so that there was rapport so that I didn't have to do a whole lot of work of scheduling everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, the usual, um, they're all voices. If you've been listening for a while, um, at least over the last year, you've heard from each of them. Um, do you, I don't even know. Do you even know who they are at this point? Well, I see the list on the sheet. Oh, you That's see the, the list. I'm seeing it. Yeah. Right. And I love it. It's a so, great um, it is a tell, great list. Tell us who it is. So it's um, Rabbi Eli Freeman, who has been on several times. Um, he is a rabbi in Philadelphia. Um, we love, I've been on the show with him a few times. I love his perspective. I love getting um, the Jewish tradition in the conversation because it's such a rich history of um, argument in the best possible way. Right. Yeah. And, and it reminds me that we're supposed to talk about these things. We're supposed to look at it from all the different directions. Um, we also have, um, my husband, Derek Weston, he will be joining us. Um, Derek is a nonprofit leader, um, for people living with HIV and AIDS. He's also going to take over the editing for Brian of the show. So, um, hopefully Thank you, Derek. he will do, um, all of that on time. That was part of the deal. <laughs> He would do at least a good of a job as Brian does getting it on time. Yeah, Brian time. set a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, um, you know, Derek's a, a steel belt um, African-American who brings a really interesting um, perspective in terms of uh, where we are as a country and what's going on and also service and care for the world. And it's been, and I've loved every episode Derek has, has joined us in the past. So I think he, I'm glad his voice will be in the mix. Good. And if I can say so, he has the most darling laugh I've ever heard in my life. Um, Keisha McKenzie, I've never been on with Keisha because she always subs for me. Right, um, right. Mutual, <laughs> friend of, mutual friend of Ogan and I's. Right. Mutual friend of your and Ogan's. Um, Keisha works at Union or Auburn Seminary, sorry, in um, New York City. And um, she's great. I've heard lots of compliments on um, her her shows. Um, she is the interim program officer um, of, and Auburn's a multi-faith institution. So again, brings that kind of perspective in. Um, and last but not least, who you've heard from recently is the Reverend Layton Williams. Um, Layton is a pastor in, in Charleston, South Carolina, um, of kind of a new church development. Not really. It's a kind of a new start out of a church and early service and a 
she's yeah. doing her own pet theology now and things like that. So yes. she's also the new media consultant for those Presbyterians that are listening for next church. She's their new PR kind of person. So, um, yeah, we, that's our lineup. So you'll hear from them a rotating schedule each month. So, so how do I get in, in line to, to, so, to show up once in a while? Whenever you want to show up. So I'm, I'm in control. I all took right. all that power. <laughs> so you just let me know when you want to show up and Great. you can show up. Um, awesome. Cause we'd love to check in with you and see how it's all going. And yeah. And I'd love from. to do that. And you know, the show has been uh, a, an important, meaningful part of my life. And, you know, I mean, just our conversations, we've often said these conversations are great. Even if no one else was listening, right. Like, <laughs> For you and Ogan and I, just to talk about these things is enriching in its own reward. But the fact yeah. that others enjoy listening in on those conversations and joining them via social media or telling us independently, hey, listen to this episode, love that you hit on this issue, you know, that that's really rewarding. And so, you know, I'm happy to, to loop in as my schedule permits. But what a list. I mean, every person you named, I've loved having them on the show and I think will be a real gift to our listeners to have them part of the rotation. So nice work. And I, one, I just need to say that I'm going to really miss the way you say conversations. Um, <laughs> that's the thing I'm going to miss the most, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> but um, just for all of you, we didn't kick Brian off and Brian didn't wish to leave. It's just yeah. part of the reality of running for office, right? Yeah. This isn't... That's, that's a great way to put it. That's exactly yeah. right. Like, my time only allows me to do so much and be so many places at once. And, uh, you know, it was one of several hard decisions I've had to make to make space Absolutely. in my life in order to do this thing. I've had to let go of a few things that are very meaningful and perhaps in a later season will be, you know, pick back up. But for now, uh, kind of trying to, well, I am trying to go all in on this because I yeah. really believe in it and going to yeah. do the best I can. And forgot to mention that we're doing some pub democracy stops as we part of our saw. listening tour. So, you know, it's just a natural extension of pub theology to talk with more of a political focus. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, Shannon, we often talk about political things because sure. there are social and theological dimensions to everything that happens in politics. Right. But it's a natural thing. And we have a lot of great breweries and bars and pubs in the second congressional district. And so what better way to meet up with voters? We've already had one here in Holland and it was just really neat to see people come out with that same spirit of pub theology, willing to talk about the issues with people they haven't met yet and with me, right. their candidate for Congress, and have themselves be heard and also hear from fellow voters their perspectives and to be open to different ideas, new ideas, and to work together to find common ground. So I love that that can be part of this whole effort. Absolutely. So tell, uh, just, we'll throw it out there. Tell people if they want to support you, where they can support you. Um, sure. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So, you know, even though one of my goals as uh, running for office, uh, once I'm elected is to help uh, remove uh, the money in politics and the corruption that I believe uh, the Citizens United legislation has lent to our political system, because I Absolutely. think we really are allowing uh, large corporations, for-profit drug companies, and special interests to uh, pay for our legislators and pay for our legislation. And that's not healthy and that's not good for America. So that However, said, <laughs> it still takes money to run for office and to run against the big money, which I am doing, yes. uh, running against someone who takes all of that large corporate PAC money and so forth 
and I'm not doing that, but that means I need people like you, uh, regular people to pitch in, chip in. So if you want to donate to my campaign, you can go to brianburkoff.com, which is B-R-Y-A-N-B-E-R-G-H-O-E-F.com. <laughs> Could I have an easier name, you know? Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. But there it is, brianburkoff.com. That'll take you to my ActBlue account. You can make a secure donation. If you want to do anything at all, just because you've enjoyed the show, you support me, you appreciate what I've stood for in the past, that would mean a ton, but no obligation Absolutely not. No. But um, we can always, first, or Timothy too, right? We can always pray um, that you have godliness and gentleness in your heart. Um, because well, and, and yes, prayers are welcome. And, and I want to maintain my integrity and run a race that I look back and I'm proud of and say, I, you know, I was true to who I was, elevated the conversation, didn't lower myself into the muck of sort of politics uh, in terms of name calling and in meaningless dialogue. I really want to help us all raise the bar of our expectation of what our political leadership looks like. Absolutely. Well, good luck to you. I'm sure we will hear from you. Brian will be checking in on us occasionally and he will be um, on Facebook and social media when he can, um, but he will see your messages and all of those good things because he is still still around and still our faithful leader um in a way any last <laughs> words before we go no i just you know it's it's great to be back with you you know ogan and i had a few episodes without you and so i know we, you we totally missed, missed you me. and and we <laughs> we we were so grateful you had the time you had and hope that that nourishment continues to pour into your life as you're back into the mix of ministry and i'll be keeping tabs on the show and looking forward to joining a future episode wonderful and i do um really invite you to join us throughout this year it's going to be it's going to be really fun it's going to be different but it's going to be fun um if you would connect and spread the word on social media listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher google play music or itunes um rate us on any of those places watch us on youtube or igtv and if you would like to create a pub theology in your own town go to pubtheology.com and click on directory until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing Boom. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Bye, everybody. Bye.